0: The question is, in today's day and age, how do you protect yourself, your family, and your community more effectively? Well, my name is Craig Gray, and today on the Peace Walker podcast, we're going to answer those questions and a whole bunch more. You're going to learn the power of protection, the art of influence, and the confidence of clarity as you build a protector's lifestyle. To live, to protect, and to inspire at a whole new level. Welcome back. This is Craig Gray, and you are on the Peace Walker Podcast, episode number nine. Episode number nine. Huh, that's interesting. This has been going on for a couple months now. (laughs) That's awesome. And thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate your attention. I know uh, you could be doing a lot of other things, and you're choosing to spend some time with me. Today, I want to talk about goals and outcome independence. So back in the day, back in the day, (laughs) I used to be in corporate America for a long time. And I was a salesperson. I sold business-to-business printing, packaging, that type of thing. And I had some, some pretty interesting clients, and being in that industry for a long time, I saw a lot of salespeople come and go, and a lot of sales managers come and go as well. And it's unfortunate that I would see a lot of people set their goals on things that they couldn't control. Now shift gears a little bit too. You may be wondering, oh Craig, I thought you were this tactical security guy or this, you know, coach or instructor or whatever. And that is true. I just always didn't make a living off of that. I've been in the martial arts since the mid-70s. Um, I've done work in the security field. I have done you know, executive protection, bodyguard work, uh, trained in competitions, traveled all over the world to both compete and to train with the world's top instructors and in, Everything dealing with being a protector. Almost. Not everything. I'm exaggerating a little bit, but you get the idea. But I dedicated my life to it. But it was only about maybe 12 years ago, 10, 12 years ago, that I was able to do it as my only income. And I feel very fortunate for that. I didn't really intend for it to be that way. It's always been a huge part of my life, it being just this living a protector's lifestyle. But I didn't always make a living off of it, Um, not directly. I always had some other type of a gig. And for many, many years, I worked as a sales executive for a business uh, in the corporate world. The other thing that I have done a lot and have a lot of experience where people make goals on things that they cannot control is coaching. whether it's coaching people for a competition. back in the day when I used to do more sport oriented um, training, or it's you know getting in shape, losing weight, um, getting ready to test, you know, test for a rank, or, you know, if you're a police officer or military personnel, you, you know, you want to pass that next, that next test that you had or examination that you had. Um, a lot of times the goals are set on the wrong thing. They're set on the end result. And for the most part, you have little control over the end result like sales, for instance. I don't have control necessarily if you're going to buy or not. I can pave the way. We want to think that we have control over things, just like a circumstance when you talk about conflict management. I don't have a control over control. I don't have, it sounds redundant, but you know, I don't necessarily have control over you. It may seem that way, and we may think that we do or try to claim that, and that's where more problems start. But I don't necessarily have control over people. Not necessarily. Let me rephrase. I don't have control over people, and neither do you. You can be more persuasive. You could be more influential. In some cases, you could be more manipulative, But case in point, you have control over you. You don't necessarily have control over much outside of that. And if you think you do, meaning you have too much control over other things, then you're headed for some problems. And that's, as they say, is where the trouble started. So what are the things that you do have control over? Well, for instance, in sales, I didn't have control over if someone was going to buy or not. I could present in a way and groom the circumstance and the individual and their relationship and the quote and the timing and all this in a way that was most influential, most persuasive. Those are the things that I can control, right? I can control whether or not I show up to the appointment on time. I can control whether or not I ask for the chance to quote. I can control how we quote it. I can control the questions that I ask so I know how to influence more effectively. I can control me being respectful or disrespectful, me listening versus pushing. I can control a lot of that stuff. But I can't control the end result. I knew as a salesperson at the time, this is back in the ancient old days, I used to put out 10 snail mail letters a day. And I would groom, I had kind of like my top 100 clients that I wanted to work with, and I would pick new ones every year. Um, and those were kind of like my, I don't know, my star list, so to speak, my my whale hunting And I groomed those relationships trying to get through to the right contact person and starting to make sure that, A, those 100 companies that I chose to do work with, that they were the right companies, the right fit for what I needed for my business. And then I'd basically, like Sherlock Holmes, I would start Getting all the information that I can on them, start developing their relationships. And some of those would take years, but um, oftentimes I became successful at them. So very strategic. Then also, I would have kind of my tier two, so to speak, of folks that I knew would be a good fit for the company. And I would put out 10 or 10 emails, 10 snail mails a, a day every day so that would be 50 a week monday through friday out of that 50 a week i knew i would get about 10 percent that would agree to meet with me so that's five appointments a week that were just agreeing to meet with me so basically you know what i would do is after i sent the letter then i would call and i would follow up on the letter and it usually took me three to five times to really get get through to that person. So I could also control that. I could control how many letters I put out. Well, actually, let me back up. I could control doing the research to find the, the companies that I thought were a good fit for my company. I could control... Getting all the information to send that letter. I could control sending out the letter. I could control me calling and following up on those letters, which I knew from the statistics of my own experience that about 10% of those letters would result in an appointment after I followed up with them with a phone call. So that's five appointments a week. I knew that out of those five appointments a week, about 20% of the time, I would get the opportunity to do a quote. And so that's basically I would get, you know, two to three quotes a week out of those um, appointments. So that was anywhere from eight to 12 quotes a month. And out of those quotes, I knew I would land about 30% of them. And then I also knew my average sale. So basically at the end of the day, I knew how many letters I needed to put out, how many calls I needed to make, how many appointments that I would get, how many quotes that I would quote, and how many sales I would get from those quotes. It was a pretty systematic approach based on things that I knew I could control. Now, you may not be a salesperson, so let's put it into different terms. Um, Let's say losing weight. So let's say you're 200 pounds and you want to be... 175 so you have 25 pounds to lose now you can hope and wish and pray and get angry about losing that 25 pounds and you can't control what the scale is going to say what you can control is what you consume and how much you move around to burn calories so, I'm not going to go into all the intimate de- details, but you can control whether you go to Burger King and, and big, get, a, get a Whopper and a super-sized fries, or you go to, you know, the Panera and get a, a soup and a salad. You can control what you put in your mouth. You can control whether you get up in the morning and you go work out, like I did this morning. Or you slept in and didn't do anything. And if you kind of do the math and scale in on what you need to lose and you know, what you need to be eating per meal to um, have the correct calorie intake, what types of foods that you need that are going to give you energy versus sap the energy from you, what type of exercises that you need to do and so forth, um, you can control that weight Indirectly, meaning you you can't control what the scale is going to say, but you can control all those actions that lead up to that. So the same thing. Let's take Krav Maga training, or martial arts, or shooting, or whatever you know that you partake in. So when somebody is when somebody wants to test, so they want to get the next rank. They can commiserate about, oh, I want to get to the next rank, I want to get to the next rank. They can't control whether or not they're going to be chosen to get to the next rank. What they can control is are they showing up to class? Are they practicing the things that are necessary to get that rank? Are they doing the work? Are you doing the things that's going to lead up to you? to getting the opportunity to do that. And then oh, the time I pass, do I not pass? Well, are you doing the things that are necessary to create your success to pass the test, let's say, and to get the rank? You can't control whether or not you get the rank. You can't control whether or not you pass the test. You can't control whether or not you're even chosen to be a test candidate you can control how much you show up to class, whether you show up early to practice, whether you stay late to practice, whether you practice at home, whether you make that relationship in class to find a workout buddy, you know, whether you're on peacewalker.net and you review the videos of the seminars, whether you go to the seminars, um, whether you understand the requirements for the next test and what, in, what is entailed, Um, for that rank and are you practicing those things and getting the knowledge that you need are you keeping yourself healthy sleeping right are you getting up early to support your system in a way that you don't get hurt you know are you training in a way that you don't get hurt meaning that you're listening to what your instructor is saying about good practices when it comes to training are you eating right Are you exercising right so you don't take time off because of injuries or don't take time off because you're sick and so forth? Those are things you can control. Last um, example, and then we're going to wrap things up. Take conflict management, right? So you're in you're in a situation where you need to protect yourself in some way, whether it's verbally, emotionally, or physically. So you can't control the other person, but you can control you. So once again, going down to the basic fundamentals. Are you getting the uh, proper amount of sleep and the right type of food? Are you happy with your life? That's called foundational grounding. Are you foundationally grounded in your life? Because if you're not, it's easier for you to go down the road of of creating more conflict do you really think that these people who are creating a lot of this violence and conflict in the world are foundationally grounded meaning they've got their shit together they've got their life together no a lot of them are a wreck in other other ways that's why they are becoming part of the problem and causing more conflict and violence and so forth so don't fall into that trap so make sure you take care of yourself And then in the moment, are you tactically grounded? So are you grounded in the moment at the time when you need to um, respond in some way? Because keep in mind, with your awareness, you can see if, if you can avoid the situation, right? Every fight's not your fight. But if you don't see it coming and you end up smack dab in the middle of it, well, guess what? Now you're reacting to something. So understand that you can avoid it. Understand if you're in it that you could escape it and understand if you need to engage how to engage in that conflict To protect yourself and other people You can't control other people. You can control yourself so That's why training to be a protector is so important because what it does is it breaks down those interactions beginning with you on the inside of controlling all those things that a lot of people take for granted about conflict, which it starts inside of you. Now that's not saying that conflicts don't come to us in some, uh, in some form in some days, but it's really more what you are going to do with it. Because you might not be able to control it, but you can control you. So same thing, outcome independence, make sure that you set your goals and your expectations and your, and uh, such on things that you can control, not on what you cannot control. That's a victim way of looking at things, of, of thinking about things, the problem, thinking about things you cannot control, and blaming something or someone else for everything. And you don't want to fall into those, those pitfalls because that is not going to help you. So a tip trick and the tactic of the day is concentrate on things that you can change. Make goals on those smaller incremental aspects that will help you to obtain your goal because that goal is gonna be obtained by you doing the smaller things that you can control, not by having a big pipe dream that you cannot control. So whatever it is, whatever endeavor that you have, Break it down into the incremental parts of those things that you can control and work on doing those things. So there you have it. In the meantime, folks, thanks for sharing some time with me today. And I'll see you on the next episode. One last thing before I go. If you'd like to follow me on my journey of being a peace walker, living a protector's lifestyle, and basically how I've learned over the years to protect myself and have other people's backs and live a safer, more powerful, confident life, then go to peacewalkersubscribe.com and register for my almost daily email. And in doing that, you're you're also going to get a free Street Smart Survival Guide. And that is a guidebook that I wrote. It's 37 pages long. And it will give you the most common street scenarios, types of attacks and threats that you find out, hopefully not, but (laughs) that you could run across out in everyday life in the street, and a simple defense to them. So it's a good way of starting this journey of being a protector and a peace walker and living the lifestyle, living the lifestyle of a protector. So there you have it, peacewalkersubscribe.com. And you can join me in my journey where I'll shoot an email right to your inbox a few times a week, giving you tips, tricks, and tactics and fun little stories, fun little adventures. (laughs) All right, gang, thanks so much. We'll see you next time and keep going. The question is, in today's day and age, how do you protect yourself, your family, and your community more effectively? Well, my name is Craig Gray, and today on the Peace Walker podcast, we're going to answer those questions and a whole bunch more. You're going to learn the power of protection, the art of influence, and the confidence of clarity as you build a protector's lifestyle to live, to protect, and to inspire at a whole new level.